Craft Beer Radio, episode 419, on April 16th, 2017, Easter Sunday. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we have a prime number show, so it's one of those extra special, extra special, super excited about we're hitting another prime number. They get less and less common the further we go up. So there you go. Awesome. Awesome. So what do we have? We have uh, five beers that you brought back from yes. Arizona and then one that Upland sent us. Okay. Great. So that is the plan. Well, Upland beer going to give it to you. <laughs> we got uh, some plain lagers here I think we should probably try first. Then. Sure, yes. Let's do the non-craft one first, if you will. <laughs> right, the... Non-craft, as uh, the Brew Association would call it, because this is 10 Barrel, which, uh, as many of you may know, is owned by, or are they fully owned? Probably fully owned by Anheuser-Busch. I'm not sure exactly their statistics. I uh, read that Jim Cook article Mm -hmm. from the New York Times, and I feel bad that I commented on it without reading it, because I was a little bit off base. Okay. I mean... So, like, the, the Cliff's Notes version that I have is like, oh, obituary for craft beer or something. And that's not what it was at all. To me, it was more of, well, it's two things. You know, you were mentioning people on Reddit talking about how it's this large brewery that hasn't been innovating, complaining about things aren't as good as they used to that be. That was in the, in the pre-show last time. Yeah. You can listen to that. Right. Which and, is not necessarily my opinion. Right. But it the, was interesting. I mean, sure, you can look at it that way. The other way I can look at it is... A craft brewer with some clout, warning of the perils of the ecosystem that we're in. Kind of a, consider these things, craft brewer or consumer. Well, yeah, they, they, part and, part of, I remember, yeah, because the, the article itself was, one of the things was, you know, don't expect to get a huge, uh, a huge return on investment if you make a brewery today. That's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I've seen I've seen articles like this before where it's a craft brewer playing devil's advocate mm-hmm. and writing the article in that same kind of voice. So I kind of heard that a lot in the article that I was reading. Um, I, I really can't say what his you know real intention was, but I want to make sure that that kind of angle is considered as well because I think that's equally plausible to uh, some guy complaining about things aren't as good as they used to be. Okay. On to the beer. This is pub beer from Ten Barrel. Comes in a super generic can. Like, made up. Other than the font being a little more fancy... Oh, brewed to crush. Yes. Made to crush a few. Okay, so uh, they're, um, they're definitely going about beer lifestyle with the animated uh, background on their webpage there. It's uh, about drinking out at a campfire with some hipster people and crushing the can after you drink it. Uh, 5% alcohol volume, 18 IBU. Uh, the color is a straw to go slightly, you know, golden. Uh, not hazy at all, very clear. Uh, has not much of a head going on. I didn't really pay attention when it was being poured, but now there's not much of a head left. Very clear. The aroma on it is malty, 
kind of cracker and biscuit. Yep. It seems like there's probably some Vienna malt in there or mm-hmm. something like that. Not hoppy. That Vienna malt flavor carries through to the flavor. It's kind of the main component there. So you're getting something that is kind of, you know, it's like a sweet bread or something like that. Um, biscuits, um, dinner rolls, kind of like a, almost like the the flaky pastry type. Yes, rolls yeah, like right. That. Here's the notes. Uh, Pub beer started as a project to create an easy drinking craft lager that our brewery employees could enjoy drinking during the day and still be productive. <laughs> Originally only offered at our pubs is now in stores and available for you to crush. So it's so you can see the the genesis of this idea in basically it's, this is just basically a very easy drinking lager. Uh, there's not much to it. Um, like like Jeff said, I think there's more ready notes than anything else going mm-hmm. on here. Uh, it's just it it is more bready and malty, like. Toasty malty than a lot of other regional lagers, macro lagers, things like that. Right. So it almost has like a a Meritzen or an October te- Oktoberfest type malt feel to it. Malt right. feel to it. I mean, especially compared to the kinds of beers you would expect plain, low alcohol day drinking lager to be. Right. Still five percent, so it's not exactly super. Yeah, low that's the thing I was gonna say. Yeah. Is it's it's not. I don't know if you can be drinking this all day while you're working a forklift. Uh, <laughs> um, it's there's nothing bad about it, but there's no. nothing exciting about it at all. It's yeah, I, I don't think this beer is necessarily. I mean, made yeah, to be exciting, right? But, well, clearly it's not. Um, yeah. it, it's. It's better than, like, a Budweiser or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like I said, it really has a lot of that toast to mm-hmm. it, you know, so it makes you think of something like a, a Meritzen. Maybe even, like, I could see... It doesn't quite have the body of a Meritzen, but it has that toasty flavor. Like, it's... A Hellas is sort of less toasty and more sweet, but the, mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the feeling of, I'm getting with right. it is, is sort of similar to a Hellas. Like a, a, to- to- a toasty Hellas. Well, did you crush it? Did not crush it. Yeah, Jeff crushed it. Not against his head, but he made it <laughs> sort of look like it if he had the right angle because he put his hand crushed against, it against his head. my hand, which was against my forehead, yes. Yeah. So pub beer is crushed. Crushed. Well, you should know that the other 10 bear we have is oh. called Crush. What? Yeah. Come on. Get your marketing straight. I'm so confused. They actually have another crush, which I couldn't find. Uh, or I didn't see, rather. I would have picked it up if they did. So we're okay. doing the raspberry sour a little bit later. They have a cucumber sour. Oh. Yeah. I mean, last time we were at GABF, I was kind of like hunting down cucumber beers. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple pretty good ones out there. So. Yeah, I guess we have the upslope yeah. next, yeah. So uh, we drank this one in the pre-show last week with Nick, but we didn't really review it. Greg brought two cans home, so this is the Upslope Brewing Company Craft Lager. They're in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, I forgot to have this one ready. Dun, dun, Upslope dun. Craft Lager. All right. 
They call it a Colorado session beer. 4.8%. Yeah. Um, 15 IBU. Not, uh, not... They give me aroma, but they don't give me the actual ingredients that are being used here. So well, They have it on the can. Oh, so great. the can, the ingredients are... Oh, that's right. I remember that. The first one is interesting. It's a snow melt. So apparently the water is from the mountains. Fresh brewed. Or it could be just their their way of saying water. (laughs) That's what I've figured. Malt, Czech Zotz hops, and lager yeast. So it's not much detail, but... Yeah. Zotz Zotz and... Zotz and... and, Snowflakes. And malt. (laughs) Just, Just whatever malt is. So this is a little bit lighter... Similar color, but a little bit lighter, closer, uh, closer straw. But still has some golden bits to it. Um, yes, yeah, same, same, similar head. It's nice doing them in the order we did because it definitely makes the hops stand out more. I didn't notice. I don't think I noticed the hops like this in the pre-show last week. And granted, in the pre-show we're normally normally not dialed yeah, into tasting right. things, but uh, coming off of that really malty uh, pub beer, you can really get the hop crispness here, even though it's not it's not super. like yeah it's not jumping out at you and going there's hops in here it's not mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah it's not like an imperial pilsner or something like that but the flavor i mean maybe it's just the palate progression thing but it certainly come across as a hoppy beer compared to the last one right, right which was if there were hops in there they were all bittering and it was mm-hmm. only there just to Slightly counteract yeah. some of the malt. This one, you know, coming on the flight, like I said, I don't remember this from last week, but yeah. on the flight, I'm getting this really bright floral, you know, continental hop thing going on. Um, it's crisp, refreshing. It has this pills type flavor to it mm-hmm. that is, is pretty enjoyable. Um, a better drinker than the last one, even, I think, yeah. because, well, to me, just having having that pop bite is, yeah. is a more. Yeah. The um, last one, what I liked. That Vienna flavor, I mean, half a can of it was already getting to be yeah. too much. And there wasn't enough balance. It was, it was skewing too sweet. Yeah, uh, this feels like it has you know, enough uh, hop uh-huh. body there to be like, okay, yeah, give me a little bit of what you want. But not. But again, not going overboard. This is not a uh, a huge beer by any stretch of the imagination. It, it's, it's trying to do just what it's trying to do and not really going crazy. But... Uh, Definitely, I can appreciate that. This is the craft lager from Upslope, which I'm enjoying tonight. Yeah, it's an orange can, orange and white, or orange and silver. Orange and white on a silver can. They use some negative in there. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Next week, hopefully, we can find a way to get Shane in here. Shane is uh, Shane is, is back uh, from Japan. He's actually living in America now. Okay, lives in uh, uh, Connecticut. So he will perhaps occasionally come down and do the show. Okay. Um, Nick is actually going to be not living in Philadelphia, but living in Youngstown. Where Youngstown, because Youngstown. he got his the, the oh. thing from. He's going to be working on his masters there as part of the um, okay 
uh, school. Yeah, so he got the school like in. I forget what it's called. It's not like an inter- it's not an internship, but it's a stewardship or something like that. Where he's he's going to be teaching at the same time. Okay, so uh, so he's who he gets his way to a master's paid, which uh, means he'll be only an hour away. So okay. Big change in plans since last week he was pretty firm on going to Philly. <laughs> and um, what else? Yeah, what else? Yeah, I don't know. I gotta get this beer finished because I don't have anything else to talk about. Our banter is lacking today. We apologize. <sighs> We're Eastered out. Yeah. I had, you know, some big uh, big food today for Easter. Yeah, I had plenty as well. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, milk stout, an IPA, a Saison, and a Sour. Let's do the Saison. All right. This one was sent to us by Upland. Thank you, Upland. Marion the Agrarian. So I don't know if you remember the Marion the Librarian song from no, uh, West Side Story. Okay. <coughs> so this is 7.5% octobre volume. Saison, 30 IBU, dry hop with mosaic, and Mandarian, Mandarina Bavaria hops. Sweetened with locally sourced honey. I think we've had the Mandarina Bavaria before. I think it's like a melony type hop, if I remember right. Let's take a look. Bloomington, Indiana. Midwest United States of America. Citrus and fruity, according to okay. uh, YCH hops. Hmm. That, so beer pours a slightly hazy gold with a light head to it. The aroma is quite interesting. <laughs> so I'm getting like honeydew. I'm getting something that's kind of peppery, maybe grains of paradise or something like that. Hmm. Something that's like a grassy mint, but not very minty. Yeah, good call on that one. I like that. I can sort of smell the honey there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the honey. Is is there honey? Is that mm-hmm. what they said? Okay. Uh, very rustic type smell. Wildflower. Yes. You know, the cow got it into an onion patch type thing. Easy to fall in love with, but with feistiness despair. <laughs> Marion the Agrarian isn't quite your typical farmer, and the beer named after her isn't quite your typical farmhouse ale either. So they have a picture of, I don't know whether Marion the Agrarian is actually someone who exists or not, but she's sort of a farm girl with sleeve of two <laughs> sleeves full of tattoos. Yeah, every piece of skin that's exposed yeah. is tatted up. Anything but domestic as her overall size. Right. Here's one for you. Um, marshmallow. Marshmallow. Like the like the raw, okay. like, like that kind of thing. Not like Stay Puffed marshmallows, but like kind of like 
gooey. I've creamy. not really been exposed okay. to that, so I wouldn't. Yeah, I only know marshmallows, not marshmallows. Yeah, or maybe like the, maybe even closer to that, like marshmallow uh, topping stuff that you can put on like Sundays and whatnot. The oh right, yeah. It's not a big part of the flavor. It's just another, another little highlight. The honey definitely comes in. Um, hop hmm. flavor is pretty big. It's kind of doing this pineapple thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Pineapple. There's a kind of a melony texture to it. Like a can. There's a little bit of cantaloupe flavor. But I don't know. For me, I'm getting this like more more melon in the texture than in the flavor. It's it's a lot happening here, and I'm trying to to parse my way through. Watermelon Jolly Rancher. I'll let you talk, cause you're on you're on a roll. I'm I'm unable to to get my mind around it so far. The watermelon was kind of like a late aftertaste type thing, but it came across really sweet, like the Jolly Rancher would. Not necessarily what I would consider a saison, but yeah. there's a lot of neat flavors in this thing that I'm enjoying. It comes up front kind of like orangey with, with some sort of tangerine orange notes. Uh, a little bit of a rustic uh, farmhouse-esque kind of bite to it, but uh, really viscous, so less. So it feels less like a Saison than you, than you might expect. Um, the, the honey kind of comes in and actually sharpens the flavor a bit, and then it starts to dry out a bit. Honey and and orange are lingering. There's a little bit of a lingering pepperness, and yeah. as, as I'm drinking it, the orange is becoming more apparent. It's kind of blending with that pineapple juice type thing. It's like drinking one of those fruit cocktail juice things that come in the little bitty cans mm. with the you know peel off tab. Yeah, there's a lot happening here. I'm not sure whether it's it's cohesive enough for me to be like, because mm, I'm just. I'm still trying to find my way through it. It's a fun one to dissect. Sure. It's a little... So it, it's it's going a little too sweet for me at first. I think it's, it's mm-hmm. a little cloying at first. Um, then as the... As the sort of uh, farmhouse yeast sort of starts to kick in, and you get sort of some of those peppery notes, some of those phenols, that helps to get the cloy away. But then it still feels like, like I think this might be better if it were like four and a half or five. <laughs> I, I feel like there there's a viscosity from the alcohol and everything that that doesn't help clean away some of that Under the excess. Body. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out like how I actually I'm enjoying dissecting the beer. But overall, the, the big picture, you know, as the beer. So I wouldn't call it a saison. What would I call it? I'm not really sure. Um I got to come back to you on the, what I where I would categorize this thing. Well, they call it a dry hopped farmhouse ale, not necessarily yeah, okay. a saison. So, but even so, you you keep mentioning like the the peppery phenols from mm-hmm. the the farmhouse yeast. I'm not really getting that far farmhouse. You know, for me, it's oh, it's definitely there for me. 
for okay. sure. Here, this is interesting though. Hold up your glass to mine. Yours is. I think they're the same. Okay. The bottle is. Have a little sip of mine, just just to see. Not as fruity as mine. Hmm. Would you like to try mine? Yes. Mine has more of a pineapple juice flavor. Yeah. Bottle stratification strikes again. It does. I've been on antibiotics for a good four days, so that shouldn't be... Okay. Yeah. I just sort of just realized, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, but no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so mine is a lot more like... A little can of pineapple juice. Mm-hmm. And yours is more earthy. So. You want to mix? No, not really. Okay. I, I know you're all anti- antibiotic'd up, but I still don't want to. <laughs> don't want to. Don't with, push that yet. I don't want to, you know, challenge that train. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who. I probably poured yours first. Hmm. You would expect the more mellow yeasty flavors to be at the bottom, though. right? Because that's where typically the yeast yeah. would lie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I got the more yeasty. We idea. have a second bottle of this, so we could you know pull it out again some other time, sure, and, and give it a go. Uh, so if you're drinking this, yeah, be be wary of that possibility of strategy. Well, I'm sure most people aren't sharing twelve ounce bottles. No, but it, it should be interesting if you yeah. Pour, well, I guess if you pour a whole one, it shouldn't matter. Right. All right. Three left. And let's, then there were three. Let's do the stout next. All right. So this is from... This is one that... Uh, just just the can is the kind of look that makes you wary. When you see it. Yeah, this is Sleepy Dog Brewery. And its logo... Eh, it just doesn't... It looks like a beer marketing company. Right, right. But I figured, hey. Sleepy dog. As long as it was fresh, I was going to say, well, I mean, we can try it. Just because it... I wasn't looking to, to, you know, get all whales. I was Mm -hmm. looking to get stuff that looked interesting. Absolutely. Tempe, Arizona. Sleeping dog. This is their wet snout milk stout. Yeah, and the name. The name is hardly uh, an appetizing name for a beer. Unless you really love dogs. I like dogs, but I don't like dog noses near my mouth. <laughs> no, no, no. Color is very dark, as you would expect from a milk stout. Located in the sunny Tempe area, located in sunny Tempe Arizona, Sleepy Dog Brewery is a desert oasis of handcrafted beer. We lovingly brew styles from around the world with our own American flair. These dessert brews are refreshing and flavorful to the last drop. Do yourself a favor and enjoy a dog today. The first thing I look for with any stout these days, particularly the ones from a can, is some acetone. Because it happens more often than you might want. I'm Mm. not noticing it here. No, it has a really roasty... Aroma, the milk stout, uh, there's a lactic smell in there, a lactose-type mm-hmm. smell, where it's, you know, kind of uh, chocolate milk or, or milk-like, 
more like chocolate milk, I guess, is how I would describe it. But I think that's what kills stouts more often than anything else is acetone. Yeah, I had to refresh my memory on the, the signs of things. But yeah, it seems like we definitely get that kind of spoilage in stouts more than anything. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like they're more prone to certain kinds of reactions because of the dark yeah. malts and melanoids, things like that. pretty dry milk stout um it's nice you know when like when i was being like try these dessert beers today mm-hmm. i was like oh it's gonna be this sweet sweet well, yeah. mess but no it's not it's, it's dry enough there's kind of a cocoa-ness to it um roastiness the roast is kind of playing through in the late aftertaste this works yeah it has um has a stranger sea not unlike a porter but it does have a little bit of milk stout to uh or uh Lactic uh, sweetness to bring it down just a bit. Um, has a nice, not quite velvety, but but a decent texture to it. What does that say? It says bark, bark before? What does that say? It says bark something. Bark by. Bark by. Bark by. Of course. Rof. <laughs> This one's interesting to me because the milk stout, it doesn't necessarily taste sweet, but it has this fuller body and this creamy aftertaste, mm-hmm. which isn't in the foretaste. Yeah. You know, in the main taste, you're getting this like dryish American stout. Mm-hmm. A little bit of chocolate notes, right? And you're like, oh, it's not that much of a milk stout. But then, when it's rolling down your throat, the sides of your tongue get this big, creamy blast of what the milk stout's bringing. And I think it's well implemented. I like this. Brewed with crystal and chocolate malts and finished with a mild hop addition. It's so sure to please, you'll want to lick the last of the foam from your snout. Enjoy, paw print. Don't push it, guys. <laughs> Don't push it. So this is a can that has, you know, you know this is a Plano can that has one of those labels shrink on grab it. Labels, shrink yeah. grab labels. So they are, um, which is nice because, you know, those don't typically last, we found. What's that? Beers that oh. come with the shrink lack labels, they don't, uh, don't travel yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, I don't, don't mean, so when you... Or doing a can, this can costs more per unit, mm-hmm. but you can't afford doing a large run of right. screened cans. Uh, you know, because the way the industry is these days, you also presume that they are likely mobile canning. You know, so you got to make sure that you have your cleanliness in check when you're, you know, when the canning line comes on a truck and you're setting up and yep. canning things. So you got to make sure you have everything in line when you do that. But this beer is good. So, you know, <laughs> all of the things that have turned, you know, made us wary of this can of beer. Yeah. 
the the marketing the brewery name the, the all this stuff they've made a good beer so they did and sorry for doubting you sleepy dog and you know i was i did pay attention to the date on there oh, so yeah. i mean i was you know careful oh yeah it's real fresh it's mm-hmm. it's, it's drink by september yeah right it wasn't or, July. Oh, July, July ninth. Yeah. Okay, yeah. July ninth. The middle of the can. The, the letters are kind of skewed. <laughs> but yeah, so it's within its limits. So I mean, who knows what would happen if, if this this were laying there for a long time? But um, <coughs> definitely, my my new thing now is whenever I'm out there, I'm, I'm checking labels, and if I don't find one, I'm not getting it. Even if it's like I want to get this. Right. If I don't find a label, I'm not... Unless it's an age-worthy beer. Unless it's an age-worthy beer, or unless I really, like, have a hankering that it's not going to be a bad one. Mm-hmm. But, um... Oh, it's, it's so hard. Especially when you're in a new place like that, and you get all this new mm-hmm. stuff. I, I mean, I've done it, like, recently, where I've been like, oh, let's get this, get that. And then I get home like, oh, my God, the thing's <laughs> 18 months old. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those um, first world problem, right? It, it, it's a it's a nice problem to have that you have to care about the date, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's so many breweries out there. I mean, like this, for example, Sleepy Dog. I mean, this is not a brewery yeah. that no that anybody's really ever heard of or, mm-hmm. or dealt with um, in in large scale. So who knows what you're going to get? So that's part of the fun of of grabbing this stuff is you don't know. I mean, this. But as we just been talking about, this could have been, yeah, something nasty, but it wasn't something nasty. <laughs> the uh, L.A. Times just had an article. Heather sent this to me. Uh, it was kind of on point. I'm going to mention it here real quick. As soon as my phone loads it, uh, five mistakes to avoid when you're buying craft beer. Okay. So. Number one, what do you think it is? Check the date. Buying old beer. Yeah, I mean, like it's on point, right? Yeah. You know, this is probably the most important thing. Uh, with the precious few exceptions, beer is best when it's as fresh as possible. This is doubly true when you're dealing with smaller local breweries that don't have the process controls in place for the bigger craft brewers have. You know, I mean, this whole thing is on point. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're drinking beer from a lesser-known brewery, and you're getting it at a retail store, make sure you know how old it is. Mm-hmm. Then kind of they follow that up with buying unrefrigerated beer. Beer has after a shelf life, the biggest threat to flavor is temperature, right? We've talked about that extensively. So they talk about, you know, trying to buy from the coolers or and I would say balance the temp if you're buying beer in a room temperature shelf, balance it with how old it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe take 30%, maybe even 50% off your desired age for things that aren't refrigerated. You don't know how, but how long something has been refrigerated. So it doesn't really... Well, that's, yeah, that's hard to say, right? If something is in the cooler today, it may not have been in the cooler for the last six months. It's really hard to tell. Good point. Um, Then they go to shopping at the wrong stores. That's trial and error. You got to find the places that that take care of beer and those don't. Um... Always buying the same brands or or never buying the same beer twice. 
you know, it's like, you know, which way do you go? You know, that, that, that kind of par couple paragraphs just goes about, you know, have a healthy promiscuity about beer, but, you know, don't be militant one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, not taking care of the beer when you get home. Yeah. Don't leave it in your car. All don't afternoon. leave it in my trunk. <laughs> oh, in the sun. <laughs> don't put it, you know. Well, so I just, I, I just went, um, yesterday to hang out with, with Nick, um, and I bought, uh, a six pack of, uh, Goose Island, um, Honker mm -hmm. and Mirror Pond from Deschutes. So... Like, there was a couple of other options I could have done, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with some good stuff that I good know. Good old mainstream yeah. craft. Mm -hmm. And it was great, because mm -hmm. totally enjoyable, and have some left over, and not a... Uh, I'm not going to be like, oh, this is weird, or this is you know something new. Right. Or... That's cool. But you still didn't go with Boston Beer... Sierra Nevada, New Belgium. I was thinking about going with Rebel. Okay. Rebel Rouser. Which one's Rebel Rouser? It's the green one. Oh, so that's the session one? No, no, I don't think so. Imperial? Probably the Imperial. Imperial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, blue session. Mm -hmm. There's so many beers out there. It's hard. There are to, lots. There are lots. To, when you so even you were going with a mainstream standard, you still went with the shoots and, and Goose Island. Those are two of my favorites. Sure. Like, I will enjoy them pretty much any time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I went with stuff that I knew I was going to enjoy. That's a lovely noise. <laughs> Should we? Uh, what? Should we do our little thing? Yeah, we can do that. That was loud. You always turn it up loud. <sighs> I know, I know, but it's only like at minus 25. It shouldn't be that loud. Gotta get our stuff and process mm. in order. Um, if you want to help us out, the best way to help us out is a way that doesn't cost you a penny more. It's just, you know, this conditioning that we have to do every week, which says, when you do your Amazon shopping, don't go to Amazon.com. Start by going to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. It redirects you to Amazon.com. It tags in our referral code. And then everything you buy gets tagged with, these, this sale was driven through Craft Beer Radio, and we're going to give them some money. Doesn't cost you a penny more. Keeps the you know money out of that filthy Amazon's pockets, and not so filthy. But <laughs> filthy. 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 We really do appreciate when you use craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Helps us uh, sustain the show. Pays for beers. And, uh, and actually, we need to go shopping here real soon because this is the end of Greg's haul. And, yeah. And uh, so next week, we'll have new beers on, in the fridge. Paid for by craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. You were rocking out with the I was air going drums. crazy with the drums. Air drums. Drums on that song. I got this weird aftertaste in my mouth after that sleepy dog I can't get rid of. Well, so let's go with an IPA. Yeah, I'd like to get rid of the aftertaste first, but... I'm not sure if that's not going to affect my review of the beer, I don't think, but... I mean, all things matter. Yeah, but I enjoyed the beer 
until it was long gone. <laughs> now I got this like irony taste in my mouth. Isn't it ironic? Like right on my wedding day? Modus Hopperendi IPA, which is from Ska Brewing, Durango, Colorado. No, uh, don't really give much information. 6.8% alcohol by volume, 88 IBU. 18 SRM, which is a very, very uh, toffee-like color. Okay, so the top of the can. Walk, kite, recycle, hide, seek, plant, recycle, grow, shower, HHH, tube, Recycle. Sure. Um, the the blurb on the website, the very first few words say, okay, this is a phase two IPA. Because they say, a mix of citrus and pine. So I was like, oh, yep, phase two. They've been around that long, and this is kind of... I mean, this. if you asked me to name a ska beer, I would, I would name this one. It's like the only one that's in front of mind for me. Uh, I've had this beer before, like out in Denver. Never had it, you know, here. Uh, I would say Skull is probably about five years old now. Yeah, piney. Mm-hmm. Piney. Um, it has a bit of a, like a wet hopped beer aroma. You know, like I'm smelling like the hop leaves, like the... The cones, the vegetal nature of the hops in this thing. <laughs> I didn't even read the first uh, the first line. It's old man bitter. <laughs> old man bitter. There's a whole bunch of like inside baseball in this thing. So over here, there's the lip up fatty with some people dancing or something. I have no idea what that means. Now this this won awards. It says, see this brews awards. And it's all cut off, so I can't <laughs> read them. It's justified to four good letters wide. It's a test. Oh, there's this little that does that that's really bad design. Yeah it is. <laughs> We're gonna have to put that in the ranking. <laughs> discount this beer because their website is broken. Might be like mobile optimizers, like you're not optimized for Firefox. You're <laughs> not optimized for anything. Yeah. Alright, so this beer has kind of yeah, that that Simcoe mm-hmm. well it has a couple things. It has that piney citrus type flavor where the piney is apparent the citrus is kind of like a grapefruit peel or something mm-hmm. like that there is the burning in the back of your throat that a wet hop beer gives you yes. like there's a lupulin burn in this thing but it also gives you a nice malt backbone to go with this beer you know, it does have a good malt backbone that that's in its favor um not in its favor is the, for for my taste is that it's very phase two-ish and mm-hmm. has 
you know, it's gone with this big pine nugget like thing where it's just trying to blow your balls off with bitter. <laughs> um, at the same time, balancing it out with a nice malt is a good way to to bring yourself back into my graces. But mm-hmm. I'm noticing like a lot of bitterness. Yeah, on my this. I don't remember it being this hoppy, but it's been a while since I've had this. This one is fresh, mm-hmm. potent. And yeah, that the lupulin burn like a uh, fresh hop, dry hop, or I'm sorry, wet hop beer would be is uh, is noteworthy because yeah, you don't get that in too many beers outside of harvest beers. Yes, this is Best Buy July 9th. This is brewed very recently. I mean, within mm-hmm. a month or two. So it is. Um, it's nice and fresh, and it's yeah. This is. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would. So July 9th. April 9th would be three months. I would I would wager that it was it's only a couple weeks old. Mm-hmm. Very bright in the flavor. Good example of this beer. A good example of why we stopped doing multiple of these types of IPAs mm-hmm. on the same show. Yeah. Because they really are kind of tongue scratchers. They 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 are very much palate busters, and if we did a bunch of phase two IPAs in the same show, we definitely we mm-hmm. just lose any ability to taste anything else. No, it's, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, this palate wrecker is a good way to describe this guy. He's uh, what's CBV on him? Six point eight. Okay, he actually tastes bigger than he is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that 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 scratchiness, the bitterness to it pininess it definitely all kind of builds into that phase two simcoe amarillo mm-hmm. uh, tomahawk zeus type ipa modus operandi from ska brewing so yeah, I I think I I brought back more Colorado beers than Arizona beers, but it's stuff that we didn't know we aren't normally able to get had access I mean, to. I mean, that I don't think yeah. there's any problem with that. And if you were a little bit gun shy by the quality of Arizona brews, you know, I think that that's justified because I mean we've been burned a few times with definitely. But we have were there any really bad ones that I brought back this time? Not this time, no. Yeah. But you were you were pretty militant with your dating mm-hmm. of the cans this time. Where I was careful. The last two times, like the first time, you didn't pay any attention, right. and we got burned bad. And the second time, it was better. But this time, you definitely were like cutting off anything that was questionable, mm-hmm. and only got stuff that was obviously fresh. So, our last beer is another 10 barrel. This is the uh, Raspberry Sour, which they also call, they have a big crush thing on it, from uh, 10 barrel. Uh, this I remember enjoying. So, this will be the first uh, Lambic that we've had out of a can. It's questionable whether it's a Lambic. Well, okay. Right. It's just just think raspberry sour, you kind yeah. of think of a frambo. Yeah, they call it a sour base infused with raspberries. It's a kettle sour, actually, they say, oh, okay. so it's not a lambic at all. Gotcha. Um, I'm definitely uh, pouring each of our glasses little segments so we don't try to avoid bottle stratification. Yeah. So, 
this is 6.5% occupied volume, 7 IBU, not really going crazy with hops here. Raspberry is going to be the, the main mm-hmm. draw. They say, Brewer's Notes, Tanya, he is multiple, I guess Tanya is one of the people who is involved. There's multiple forms of raspberries to promote a depth of fruit flavor that plays off the sourness of the beer. Now, Tanya is like a rock star in the brewing world. Oh, okay. Uh, brewed to appeal to any palate or virgins of the sour craze, this award-winning beer is a crisp, refreshing Made for you to crush anywhere, anytime. <laughs> they, they love their crush. That's their stick. <laughs> Hashtag crash life. Crush they're, life. They're sticking to this crush stick. Hashtag crush life. Hashtag. Uh, I guess we're going to be doing a little periscope later on. <laughs> Crushing the can. Big raspberry aroma on that. The tartness is coming through. You know, just from the aroma, it doesn't. Smell unlike a Lindemann's Frembo's. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a tartness, there's a raspberry. You know, so far, it smells like that. We'll see how the flavor is. Nice the, change of pace from uh, from the IPA. Okay, you moved on to the sip. You know, one more thing before you tell me what you've tasted is that, you know, going from the aroma, you know, kettle sour is kind of lactic. I'm kind of getting a kind of a creamy note in the nose as well, too. Almost mm-hmm. like a strawberries and cream or something like that. I think that kind of follows through on the flavor because it's it's got the the sweetness to give it sort of a a, a Lambeau of Lindemann's like thing. It doesn't it doesn't go mm-hmm. super sour. It, it's sour enough with the ras and there's also raspberry flavor that does not taste at all medicinal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like over sour. It's it's a nice drinker. It's it's definitely a fruit beer. I mean, it, it's going all in on being a fruit beer. So if you're not into fruit in beer, then you're not going to enjoy it. But it's Ooh, I like that a lot. It's it's less sweet than a Lindemann's. Mm-hmm. So I like the balance better right off the bat as right. opposed to a Lindemann's from Bose. But it's not like super lambicky at the same time. No, no, it's. The the sourness, I haven't really been able to dig into what exactly I'm tasting in the sourness yet. But yeah, it's not straight up Berliner Weiss or mm-hmm. Goza type sours. But I mean, that's where they got it from, a kettle sour. But it's not so much apparent. I, oh, I'm, I'm really impressed with the raspberry use. The raspberry use is masterful in this. I think... That- you mentioned, or they mentioned there, that they use multiple types of raspberries, which usually when you see these things, oh, we use a big batch of this particular brand of raspberries. But the mm-hmm. idea of using multiples and different varieties is actually probably pretty helpful in giving you a nice spectrum of flavors. It could be. I, I can't even imagine. I'm, a, I'm not a raspberry connoisseur, apparently, yeah. because I've never imagined that raspberries don't all taste the same. Well, why wouldn't they? I mean, Oh, I'm a- sure. No, I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying I never imagined that they did. Mm-hmm. This is good. It's a well-constructed beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got this um, to drink when I was there, and I let I saved some cans. I was like, "This, this is good." Yeah. I'm saving some cans for. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited about this beer because I can just taste how well put together it is. Whether it's like the most amazing sour raspberry beer I've ever had, I don't know. 
but for one that's available and in front of me, it, it you can just taste how well integrated this beer mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I was excited to have you try this beer because I thought this is good. Jeff would like this. It even tastes good out of the can because that's where I had it. Okay. That's how I had it, and because uh, you know, I'm not a not a snob. I don't have to always mm-hmm. have it out, out of a glass barrel aged beer glass. Yeah. Hey, reminds me. I want to show you this picture. This is a picture of me. Uh, at our uh, closing party, where I was singing, "Don't Stop Believe." No, I didn't get a chance to sing "Journey," but I was singing, "Never Gonna Let You Go," <laughs> "Never Gonna Run." So the first song I did was a Spice Girls song because my friend wanted me to, uh, to do a Spice Girls song, so we did "Wannabe," and I did all the har- harmonies. Uh, and then the next song was not a song that I would have picked, but uh, actually it turns out to be a very good karaoke song. But having a, a can of beer in my in my hand was kind of <laughs> important. Uh, this was... Uh, friend- you are rocking out, man. This is Friends in Low Places I was singing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Fun, actually very fun song to sing. Who's karaoke. the dude with the giant goatee? Is that... That's Rob, yeah. <laughs> wow, you are having a ball there. I was having a good time. I want to see you. I want to see you singing Garth Brooks. Actually, I I would sing that song again because that was a lot of fun. So I was. Uh, my mom got an Amazon Echo today. Oh, and we were over there, and I said, Alexa. Play the Craft Beer Radio podcast. And she played the Brewing Network Sunday session. <laughs> and then I said, Alexa, stop. <laughs> and I said, Alexa, play the podcast named Craft Beer Radio. And she said, there is no podcast named Craft Beer Radio in TuneIn or uh whatever network she uses so mm-hmm. alexa stop alexa play never gonna give you up and now hopefully someone who's listening is getting rickrolled <laughs> <laughs> okay google play never gonna give you up hey siri play never gonna give you up so hopefully that covers your phone's going off. Oh, nice. <laughs> you rickrolled yourself. <laughs> All right. We're drinking the 10 barrel raspberry. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Cortana, play Never Gonna Give You Up. Just want to get everybody. Yeah. We just rickrolled the whole world. Did you see that Burger King did that? I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you see that Wikipedia like fought back? Well, yeah, the people because Wikipedia that, that was a problem. They made it read from Wikipedia, and Wikipedia you can you, people can edit. So as soon well, as there's a no advertising clause and all that stuff too. But if you read the talk page, like the, the advertising company is like begging Wikipedia to allow them to put the marketing talk in the first uh. sentence of the article, and like no, please no, please no, please no. <laughs> and then apparently Google kind of blacklisted the frequencies of the ad Mm -hmm. so it wouldn't fire off okay or okay google anymore all right so that that makes six 
yeah, let's rank this show. Hmm. Don't forget about pub beer, the can that I crushed. <laughs> you crushed that. And <laughs> threw into the dump bucket. Now it's filled with rinse water. Hmm. I'm going to keep it in the dump bucket. Just remember that it's over there. Sure. All right, in last place, I'm going to put the pub beer. I, uh, I thought it was okay. I enjoyed the Vienna malt type flavors to it, but it didn't have a good balance. I thought it was too sweet overall. In fifth place, let's do... I'm going to do Marion the Agrarian. I like this beer. I thought it was fun to dissect, but I couldn't figure out what it was. I couldn't figure out the big picture on this beer. Uh, I liked the melon flavors. I liked the pineapple flavors. I, I but I couldn't I couldn't place it into any style that made sense. And Peter Buchart would say, you know, styles don't matter. Did you like the beer? Yeah, I like the beer. But I like the other beers better. Uh, in fourth place, I'm gonna put the uh, Sleepy Dog Wet Snout Milk Stout. I, I it exceeded my expectations for sure. It seemed a bit marketing-y for me to you know going into mm-hmm. it, but I thought it was a qualified milk stout that was definitely enjoyable. In third place, let's do let's do the Modus Hopperendi from Ska Brewing. Um, super fresh. Got that lupulin burn in the back of your mm-hmm. throat. If anything, you know, it's, you know, we're used to better, neater flavors in IPAs. Right. And that, you know, classic phase two style just isn't as exciting anymore. It feels old hat. I'm going to put the upslope in second place, the craft lager. Uh, You know, having it tonight, you know, especially after the the pub beer, it really helped me appreciate the hoppiness of that Mm -hmm. beer. It was crisp. It was really well done. I enjoyed that beer quite a bit. And then I put the raspberry sour from Tembro in first place. Um, Excuse me. I talked about... You could just taste how well that beer was constructed. Mm-hmm. And you have another one in your fridge, so you, it's all yours. Oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, I can just taste how well that beer was constructed. And I just appreciated every little bit of that beer. And I, I especially appreciated how the raspberries weren't too sweet. Yep. Don't you want to taste the cucumber version? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, using that much raspberry and giving me just the flavors of the raspberry that I want. And not the sweety, cloyingly yep. sugary parts. Yep. It was great. It was really great. Try the raspberry, um, the raspberry sour crush from Tembero. So pretty, very similar, uh, very, very similar, but not exactly the same. In sixth place for me is going to be the Upland. Um, I, yeah, I just couldn't figure that beer out. There was stuff that I liked about it, and there was stuff that just threw me for a loop and that the kind of confusing nature of what was going on uh puts it into last place for me maybe if there wasn't the bottle stratification maybe if that was combined then you know i would have possibly had a better experience with it 
But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. We I don't can. think it would have fell into any slot or anything, you know, <laughs> right. even if we mixed our stuff Yeah, together. it is right. It, it, it wouldn't have made it like, oh, oh, this this un- this makes me understand it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, in fifth place, I'm going to put the pub beer, which was just kind of there. It existed. <laughs> right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's basically what it was, but it's all it was well, trying to do. That's what they made it for, right? I mean, and so, in a sense, it did exactly what it was trying to do. Uh, so, I can't knock it, but I can put it in fifth place for that. In fourth place, I'm going to put the Ska Brewing. Just a little too bitter for for my tongue, not quite the, the kind of stuff I like to have these days. But, I mean, I can appreciate it on, on this level. There's nothing, certainly nothing wrong with it. And people who still like the bitter stuff, I guess they, they're still around. I guess they still exist. Um, I mean, they still make it, right? So it's not like they've reformulated it. Right. But it definitely feels like uh, like a throwback to, a, to an era that I'm glad we're out of. In third place... I'm going to put the sleepy dog. Um, I thought, I thought it could have been better. Right? I mean, it could have been more distinctive and more interesting. But for for what it was, it did it did its job well, and there weren't problems with it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and in second place, the upslope, just like you, um, yeah, having it in 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 the flight the way we did made the nice parts about it more apparent. Yeah. But uh the raspberry sour is definitely first place beer. Um easily number one tonight. And probably the first time we've had the same brewery do the last place in the first place beer. Probably. <laughs> probably well for for you it was last place. For me it was second to last. Oh, okay. Uh but I understood both beers and mm-hmm. I understood both what they both are trying to do and they both are very successful at what they were trying to do. It's just they were like, I mean, the Ten Barrel was trying to make a last place beer, essentially with with <laughs> with, with the pub beer. It was not trying to be anything right. but right. a beer that exists, mm-hmm. uh, and it you know, but it, like, it wouldn't have been last place if there were problems with other beers and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. right, sure, I agree. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Craft Beer Radio. We really do appreciate that you tune into the show. If you want to contact us, hit us up. Email thebeer at craftbeerradio.com. On Twitter, I'm at Jeff Bearer. At CBR Greg. At Craft Beer Radio is the joint account. And we will be back next week, maybe with our friend from Japan. Not from Japan, he's from here, but... He's been in Japan. He's been there long enough that I can say he's from Japan. <laughs> Come on, I swore I had him in Japanese. He was like offended, hurt him. Last well, that time. was <laughs> because he has the Japanese culture in him. Yeah. So he's from Japan now. Thanks, everybody. 